0: All right, welcome back to the Audible, Kimbo, Camber, John, Conjami, and John. whoo, man, what a game on on Sunday! You come out and it looked it, it looked to me like the Cincinnati Bengals were sleepwalking in that game. Really, they were really weren't doing anything. They were sloppy, weren't tackling well. Dolphins jump out to a fourteen nothing lead and just kind of walking down the field. And you go, man, this is going to be a blowout all day long. And, and you know, Cincinnati boy, they they man, you talk about about a bad football team. I mean, yeah, they, they, that they got some good players in that football team. But uh boy they've they've got some real problems within that. They they were struggling, Bo,
1: from, from the onset. You know, it just looked like they were, you know, for a one win football team, you're going, Okay, I know they're not very good. They might not have as much talent as the Miami Dolphins yeah. on the roster. But for the Dolphins to come out and kinda just go down the field on that opening drive, yep. it was it was seamless. I yep. mean, it was like it looked like seven on seven because the Dolphins really didn't, you know, run it that effectively through four quarters. Yep. But boy Fitzpatrick was unbelievable yep. and I just thought that it was going to be one of those games where it's, yeah, it's 21-6 at halftime. This is going to be a a 35 to yeah. six, 35 to 13 game, and the Dolphins are going to win easy. But you know that that should teach you something: yeah. to never to never uh, disrespect an NFL football team or what can happen in in the National Football League. Because well, 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 look at the second half; it's unreal.
0: Cincinnati comes out, they go three and out. Right. Dolphins get the football. They they put another touchdown on the board. It's 28-6. And at that point, you know, I'm going, hey, this one, you know, yeah, you know, right. Where, are you, my, you know, hey, where the, are you going to dinner? Hey, where are you going know, to dinner? I talked to some of the newspaper <laughs> guys. They were all, they're all their their stories were already written. <laughs> you know, their, their stories were their stories were done. Yeah, man. They were they're they're getting a jump start in. on the on the holidays. Yeah, that's exactly it. But, bad. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you felt great about the Dolphins the way they are playing. You talked about uh, you talked about Fitzpatrick, another great game. I yeah. footy, I end up with? Four hundred nineteen yards, yeah. four touchdowns. Devontae Parker, five for 111. Uh, he, goes uh, he, a thousand. he goes over 1,000. He goes over 1,000 with the touchdown. Gusecki, uh two, 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 touchdowns. two touchdowns in the game. And, you know, you really look at all those receivers that stepped in. And Isaiah Ford made big plays. Obviously, the biggest uh, 28-yard catch. to that yeah, set up that a, huge. The, the, the win in overtime. Uh, Hearns until he got hurt. All these guys were contributing. Ten different receivers yep. Fitzy hit. And yep.
1: the, the cool thing about it was, Bo – that, um, you know, even when, when you got into a, a third and medium, third and long, they were coming up with conversions, yeah. they were staying on the field. And and Fitz was just unbelievable. I think he had over 250 yards at halftime. The guy was spectacular. And I can't see how the Miami Dolphins, you know, they get by the New England game and they're yeah. reevaluating what they want to do in the offseason. I can't see how yeah. this guy's not on this roster
0: next year. I, I don't see how you, you know, and I was a guy that. Early on, pre, you know, when we're in preseason, you get Rosen. And I go, you know what? You figure Fitz is a one and done guy, yeah. You know, and you figure Rosen's going to get a little more play than than he did in, in this in this season. But boy, the more you watch Fitzpatrick, and, and I'm like you, I said, I don't care what the Dolphins do in the draft, quarterback no. wise. I'd love to see Fitzy back here uh, to to. to to run this football team. Not only to push the kid, but to teach you teach, teach them, the young yeah. guy how to study film,
1: how to be a pro, yeah. how to go about practice. Watch – it would be a great learning lesson for a 21, 22-year-old yeah. quarterback to come in and watch the way – Ryan Fitzpatrick walks around the building the way he handles his teammates, yeah. the way he handles the huddle, the way he handles himself at practice, the way he goes about his traits on a day-to-day basis. There is no better teaching lesson. I can tell you from, from myself, from personally watching Dan Marino when I was 17 yeah. years old, going through and watching practice at Pitt, watching him interact with his teammates, that was invaluable because yeah. all of a sudden when the spotlight came to me – it wasn't. It wasn't like I wasn't there already. I had already gone through it in my yeah. head. Hey, I want to take that from today. Maybe I'm going to change that a little bit because that doesn't really fit my personality. But I was able to garner so yeah. much from that from that relationship and from just watching that and, and trying to learn yeah. on the job. That that whoever that guy is, ABC, whoever that guy is, you pencil in is going to be able to
0: learn so much from Fitz. Yeah, well, next go go back and look at guys like. Uh, uh, you you look at the Mahomes had a chance to sit behind oh, Alex, Alex Smith, Smith exactly hey and learn a bit. Look look at uh, Aaron Rodgers yeah. sitting behind Brett Favre, oh, getting a chance. it's invaluable that, sometimes. That opportunity when a football team you know gets a young quarterback, but has the luxury of letting him sit back there and and do that, absorb, get a feel for the game. So you're not just pushed in the middle of it. Well, that is a big deal. And it and you know you've got to have the right guy to do it. And I don't think there's any question. Fits whether whether they get a young guy that. You know that, that whatever happens in the draft, wherever he goes, and they think he should be the starter, I, I still, you know, I, it'd be hard pressed for me to say, hey, you know, I, I'm on that side of so let's sit him for a while and and just let him watch Fitzy and and see how that goes, hey, and, and I, until the time comes around. And
1: I'm even, I'm even up for let's have it a competition and. Not even worried if he wins it yeah, or not yeah. because I know I know what you're going to get. Yeah. You're, you're not going to get a guy that is just going to throw caution to wind and play you know with reckless abandon for yeah. four quarters. You're going to get a guy that has respect to the team that's working within this system. Yeah, he, you know he's going to make a, an odd throw now or then. Yeah. So does everybody else. But what I know is what he's bringing to the table and what the other ten guys in the huddle how they're going to play for that one guy. Yeah,
0: and that's unquestionable. You know, the one of the telling things about him is. Miles Gaskins gets his first touchdown. Fitz, he's battling to get that football. That was hilarious to, to give it to, to yeah. Miles Gaskin. And, I, you know, I love if, that. You know that that's that's those are all the things that make uh, Fitzpatrick what he is, and, and the and the and the reason that it, every stadium we go to around the country, he's got guys. He's got guys. Yeah. He's got guys that come over. He's got guys that want to talk to him. And and he's just, I, I've been so impressed uh, with with what he's done. You know, it, on the field, impressed with that maybe more so impressed with the the intangible things that that come along with the uh, with with Ryan Fitzpatrick well
1: you know what they're natural yeah. i think that's why guys gravitate to him it's not a show it's not a put on it's not because you're the quarterback and all the eyes are on you that you have to act a certain way i think the way Fitzpatrick acts in the huddle, walking from the sideline to the yeah. huddle, chawing on gum, trying to get the chin strap just right around the, the beard. beard. Yeah. Uh, you know, all the all the little things that he does I think is normal. Yeah. And I think that's why it comes off so seamlessly because he's not trying to put on yeah. an act. He is what he is. And as a player, he is what he is. Yeah. And, you're, and the Dolphins are seeing the really good of Ryan Fitzpatrick. But along with
0: that, we see the continued growth of Devontae Parker, 5 for 111. Uh, Goes over the 1,000 yards. We talked about that a little bit. And he, along with Gusecki, two guys that really, you know, you you talk about potential. You know, we've been talking about potential with Parker now for five years. Yeah. You know, and Gusecki, you know, you you expect a lot of him last year and didn't really quite, you know, live up to to what you expected. But, boy, those two guys have have hit their potential or gotten pretty darn close to it. Um, And there's still room to go with both of those guys. But you can really see what they've both got going with them.
1: I really like the length and the ability to take the football away strong from a defender. Both those guys showed that in the game against uh, last week. Cincinnati. Cincinnati. I I just thought it was really cool the way both of them close on the football in different ways in the red zone. It looked like Parker on the quick slant used his body and hand-catch with strong hands to, to hold the football away from the defender, almost like a rebounder underneath in the in the paint in basketball. And then Kosicki, the way he was able to get to the back of the end zone, realized the ball was going to be short, closes the distance between Fitzpatrick and the defender, gets in front of the defender, bodies him, him up, and then uses that tall frame to attack the football. You don't get much better catches in the red zone th- than those two, and and it's – It's been a trait now. It's just not a flash. It's been a trait all season long, and I think this season for those two guys is something to watch over and over again because I think they can really build on what they did. Devontae Parker finally came into the receiver we thought he could be, that you might be able to build an offense around. Just think if Williams is on the other side. And, and being yeah. able to go down the field with those two size receivers. And now you got a guy in the middle that can threaten the seam, and you got a guy that can threaten the outside and, and Mike and what he can do. Yeah. Boy, it's a good combination. Yeah, I
0: talked about Gaskin a little bit. Uh, you look at Patrick Laird again. He continues to show you things. And you look at a guy, you look at Patrick Laird, or Patrick Laird and you're saying, man, this is a guy you want to keep. I mean, yeah. you know, he's a good special teams guy. Uh, he, he's, he's, gonna, he knows what he's, he's always going to know what his assignment is. He'll block, he'll block in the passing game. You know, catching the passing game, and he's going to give you a pretty good chance to to break a run every now and then. You know, if you, if 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 it's me going forward, I, I kind of want him in that running back room I next do.
1: year. Oh, absolutely. You know, it took it took a while for Patrick to kind of get the get the chance. Yeah. I think on this team. Now, when we saw it in the preseason, we go, well, maybe it's just the preseason. I don't know yeah. if he's going to be able to to do that in the regular season. Well, when he got his opportunity, he's been able to run the football fairly effectively. And I think the way this offense is set up. It's not particularly set up for a bigger back to kind of bow his shoulders and yeah. mow uh, through these gaping holes. You need a guy, especially with this offensive line, if it's going to kind of stay the same. Yeah. They're going to get better, obviously. But if it's going to kind of stay the same with that zone read, the smaller guy seems to be getting those cracks yeah. and gets through the other side of those cracks a lot better than some of the bigger backs Yeah. Sometimes
0: you slide it, get that shoulder turn, and get through. Like, much like we saw uh, last year when we had Frank Gore here doing it. That's right. Doing it as well as anybody else. Uh, in, in the National Football League, so we kind of got to the end there. Last six minutes of the game, it was just crazy. I, I mean, it was, it, it was I, in no way, no how uh, would I ever expected to see what I saw in in those, that last six minutes. Well,
1: you know what? I, I never really fall asleep during a game because you never yeah. know what can happen. But when Sanders missed the 47-yard field goal, I kind of shrugged my shoulders yeah. to myself and went, you know, yeah, that's no big matter. deal. I mean, th- there's no way Cincinnati's going to be able to score a couple of touchdowns, let alone get a two-point conversion, whatever they had to do, yeah. right? So all of a sudden, it turns around, yeah. and, and they're starting moving down the field, and it's, it's Dalton, the Boyd, and all of a sudden you get the extra point. I was like, wait a minute. Now they get, a, you know, yeah. they get an onside kick. Yeah. They go back
0: down. It was like, what's going two, on? Two touchdowns in 29 seconds. And all of a sudden you go, well, what that? And you know it's almost like you—you know, almost feel like it's slipping through your hands, or, and you just can't grab it. Right. You're, you know, it, was, it, it, it just had that—that it had to have that same feeling to the guys, the guys on the field. Just what the heck? What? What? How the hell did this happen? And it felt like the Dolphins
1: had a couple of chances to close the game yeah. out. You know, you get the interception, but then you get the holding call, yeah. which gives Cincinnati life. And then you feel like, well, there's no way they're going to be able to convert. They're all the way down on their 30-yard yeah. line. They can't move it in two or three yeah. plays and get it in a scoring position, and they do. Yeah. And it just uh, all the good things that have happened for, for as many good special teams plays that have happened for the Miami Dolphins – could you see a better kick by Bullock on, yeah. on an onside kick? It looked like Sanders, the way he's done it all year for the Dolphins.
0: Well, I, I think they, they, they were saying, I forget what year they said, was the, the last time that the Bengals had kicked uh, a successful onside kick. I think, I, I think Isaac Bruce was, was running routes <laughs> for him or, or somebody back there. You know? It's Ken, unbelievable. Kenny Anderson was a he quarterback. He throwing it? Yeah, probably oh back there. Oh, my then. gosh. So they, they had no luck. And then all of a sudden, when they need it, they get it here and they're able to go tie the game up. But but then you go into overtime and you know you figure you're you're sitting there going hey this game's going to end up a tie, it's going to end up a I know it thirty five well, three and game. out three and out three yeah. and
1: out you're going wow you yeah. look at the clock there's only three minutes left yeah. and you're yeah, hoping the you dolphins a couple s- balls
0: were thrown up there that maybe could have been caught yeah I mean, they were contested balls but you know some that you 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 said hey that that could have been caught but it just just wasn't happening you know what was nice to see in
1: the overtime. Um, for as bad as the defense played in the last six minutes in yep. terms of big plays that were given up, the defensive they backs stepped up, yep. really stepped up and closed the distance yep. on those since the Knocking receivers. down a lot of balls. They, did. Their hands, a lot of they balls really did. They really well, yeah. did. They tackled well, and they got their hands on the football. What
0: about this kid, Jack Se- uh, Zach Sealer? How about yeah, him? Yeah, every, every game nowadays. where that guy comes from? Who's he's 92? Here for two. I had to look it up. It was 92. <laughs> I'm going, who the hell is that? You, you know, but I had to make sure I had to say Sealer. I think he's been here for like 10 days or something like that. But boy, he comes in with a big sack and a lot of, a lot of tackles for you. And, you know, you're looking at, hey, this this guy might be somebody you look at pretty hard next well, I think year. He's like six, six. Yeah, he's a big guy. 6'6, six, six, 280, 290, something and, like and that.
1: And he actually, he's long. Yeah. I mean, when he locks out on an offensive lineman yeah. trying to get rid of him, and then, you know, if he doesn't win, he's he's aware enough to yeah. put his hands up in the passing lanes. What do you have? Two or three yeah, batted, uh, balls. batted balls down at the yeah. line of scrimmage? That so, was great. So
0: then you, it's going along in overtime, you get, you know, you get. Hit Gusecki, uh, you you get Isaiah Ford early. Had yeah. Gusecki, then you had uh, Ford for 28 yards, and you knew at that point, you know that that, that was uh, that's all you needed to do is just uh, put the ball down and kick the field. They uh, kicked the field, they did, and they won it. And you know, there, again though, with this team, it's one of those you scratch your head. You know, you know, you, you, if you win, you lose. If you lose, you win. Yeah, you know, you you kind of plummet in, in the in the in the in the draft sweepstakes, but in the in the important number of winning football of winning games. games. Well, you know, you, John, remember sitting there doing this when, when before the season started, and all the national people, you know, this was a no-win football team, maybe the worst football team ever in the national. Football it was going League. to be
1: the only franchise to go sixteen and oh and 0 and sixteen. That's right. That's right. right.
0: And you look at what they've done, four wins, and not four wins is nothing to dance around the Maypole on. No. You know, but but for a football team it's that four was four more than it, it what four they more. Four we're more than, have. It's four <laughs> more than probably what ninety percent of yeah. the football fans yeah. and writers. Thought they would ever do it. And, and John, it, to, to me, watching this team uh, win four games, um, it's a lot more than winning four games to me. I, I think the culture's changed in a dramatic way. I, I think that Brian Flores has really put his stamp on this team. You know, the, the penalties are down in a, in a big way, just like he said when he came in. Uh, you're, you're seeing players get better in season. You're seeing guys like Sealer have 10 days they come out and play their they first look like game and playing for three months, exactly, four months, exactly, on,
1: on, in this scheme, exactly. You know, and, and it's great because that was probably when we did that interview with Brian Flores right on the first day when he came in. We we both were harping on, hey, yeah. coach, can you change the culture in terms of penalties, yeah. in terms of mental mistakes, pre-snap penalties? You know, we. We've, for three or four years, we've been almost the worst in the yeah. league at it. And that that was something that Coach Shula, who was honored at halftime with the rest yeah. of the 72 team, uh, you know, they had the champagne out. But that's what you – those that was one of the traits you you gave to the Dolphins in the 70s and the 80s and, and the, you know, the early 90s about not beating themselves. that They did not beat themselves in terms of penalties. All that hidden yardage. Well, this year – you're you're rebuilding you're trying to find a a team that's going to go forward in the next couple of years that you can have a nucleus to to win an afc championship to be able to get to a super bowl and you can't beat yourself if you're going to do that well that was one of the things he said day one and that that came true and finding guys that you can go through i mean we've said it a number of times for us it's almost and for them you know you're going to win four, five, three games, whatever the number is. These are 16 opportunities to see who's coming along for the yeah. ride next year. Yeah. You know that's why the bottom of this roster has been churning so much. Yeah. It's to find guys that they say, well, we're not just evaluating this guy in a 10-minute pro day workout. We're not just evaluating on somebody else's scheme right. and somebody else's game tape. We're putting him on the field for the Miami Dolphins and we're asking him to do things that he's going to be asked to do in OTAs yeah. and in training camp and then in the preseason going into two. 2020 we have a a sneak glimpse of yeah. what we're going to see then and, and i think it's been working out great because you're going to find guys like a sealer yeah. that no one knows from
0: ferris state all of a sudden he's a guy that could be a fixture yeah. next well you got a chance year. to talk to isaiah ford and you talk about a guy that you know, come in and you know he's on a practice squad kind of fighting his way gets his opportunity makes the most of his opportunity and, and certainly made it work uh, against the Bengals. Uh,
1: talk about you know The excitement of you know having the opportunity number one but then capitalizing on your opportunity
2: right you know and um that's the thing that i've kind of been waiting for this entire year um you know being from practice squad to inactive or playing limited snaps you just have to prepare as if your time's going to come because you want to make the most of the opportunity and i think that i did that yesterday
1: it was fun watching you play, especially in overtime, because there was a big third down catch. Fitz, he buy buys some time. Uh, you run a nice route, get some separation, come down with a tough catch. And then I thought you were going to the house on the second one. You, you broke a couple tackles. Take us through both of those plays.
2: Right, so um, the first uh, third down was a repeat call that we had ran. And, and Fitz had a lot of confidence in me um, to make the play. So he just kind of bought some time, gave me enough time to kind of get open at the top of my break, and uh, gave me a chance. And I uh, just went and made the play. The second one was another really good call. Um, Um, They were bringing pressure, and we kind of caught a a short under right into the pressure, you know, and uh, that middle of the field kind of vacated, and Fitz uh, bought enough time to hit me in the middle of the field, and I was just trying to go get in the end zone.
1: It was fun watching you guys kind of cap off and finish because it seems like the last couple of weeks prior to that victory, you had a couple of good quarters, but just couldn't find a way to finish. Did, did that feel good offensively for you guys to do that?
2: Right. Absolutely. And, and as a complete team, you know, that's been our thing is to, to, to finish games, you know, learn how to finish games, learn how to win games and like string good quarters and good plays together. And, um for us to play complimentary football yesterday and, and to get the uh, get the win was really good.
1: What does this do for your confidence? Uh, being able to, you know, jump into any formation, anywhere in the lineup, and be able to be productive is that kind of going back to what Coach Flo was talking about. You always have to be ready. You know, the next guy, you never know. When, you're, when your when your number is going to be called,
2: right? And um, you know, it's it's been a, a huge boost, and you know, just getting out there and, and continuing to make plays and to get better and build on it and kind of see the things that you're working on on the practice field going to the game and they're coming to fruition. So it's it's really exciting. But again, you want to just uh, keep getting out there and keep chasing after that feeling and getting better. So.
1: Well, one more game up in New England. Good luck on Sunday, and I wish you nothing but but the best. Thank you so much. You got it.
0: All right, nice. It was a it was a nice day for Isaiah Ford. It was. I, I had a chance to talk to him after the game, and what he was. He was, he was pumped up, he wasn't was he? Pumped up and happy yeah. as could be, and for a guy that's you know that's that's had to had to, had to, had to sc- scrap and claw to get his opportunities. It's nice to see him. You know, have that opportunity to show it on a game day Sunday.
1: And he's a guy that's been up and down, yep. you know, from the practice squad to the regular, yep. you know, regular list and being able to be a contributor and and to see Hearns go down in that game and, and Isaiah, he can play every position in the offense at, at the receiver spot. For him to go outside and him to go inside yep. and get two big catches in overtime. One I thought he was gonna to go to the house and yep. break it at the end. Uh, but it was just fun to see a guy work so hard during the regular season, no matter what he's asked to do, and he's always ready to play. When his number was called, he was ready to step up, and he did.
0: You would know, mentioned, John, a little bit earlier the, uh, the halftime tribute of the, the 17-0 team, NFL doing the, the 100-year anniversary, yes. uh, top, top 100 teams, and, and they were named the best team in the National Football League. And I had a chance to talk to Larry Zonk a little bit uh, during the weekend, and uh, he said, how could they choose anyone else? How could they right. choose anybody else? No, nobody else has a zero on the one on the, on the on this that side of the ledger. Until somebody does that, we're the best. We're, we're always going to be the best. That's and, right. Uh, but it was it was, you know, I, I think it was it was nice that the dolphin organization because this yeah. went together came together really quickly. I know this this came up. They they named them the top team, and, and all of a sudden the the the, the wheels started wheel going. Started yeah, turning, and now more got involved and went to Tom Garfinkel and on and on and. So you know, hey, let's fly all these guys in. Let's throw something together and put it together pretty quickly. And I, I thought it was pretty special. Had a chance to spend some time with a lot of those guys. And for sure, there were a lot of guys that I played with at the end of that. Yeah. You know, I got here in 76, you know, and still a lot of those guys were on, on, on the their team. team, kind of on the twilight of their careers in that team. But guys like Tim Foley I played a number of years with, and Dick Anderson was around and all those guys. So it was nice to to, to have an opportunity to see those guys. And more importantly, John, you know, there's I think there's only 31 or 32 of them left. Yeah, We lost a number. We lost, you know, Bonacani, uh, Jim Langer, Bob Kuchenberg, three big, big cornerstones of that football team this last year. And and so, you know, time is running short on those guys. And to see them together and to be able to get back together and just experience that and stand out in the middle of the field at halftime and have people recognize them, I thought it was just a I thought it was just a really, really classy thing to do by the organization.
1: I agree. I mean, it couldn't have been done any better in terms of getting it together. And when you look at a perfect season, how hard that that is to achieve in the National Football League yeah. – because it's so competitive, and the number of years since 72 that everybody's had a crack at it, yeah. and no one's been able to duplicate it. Teams have come close, but no one, like yeah. you said, or like Zonk said, no one has been able to have that goose egg on the other side. Yeah. So it, it's something that those guys, I'm sure, treasure day in and day out when they think about their career and think about the years that they put in to have something as perfect as the 72 team and, and to celebrate it with their head coach. Yeah. And, and it was really great, too, to see 90, Howard, 90 Howard there was know, there, and it, it was unbelievable. Ninetieth, Coach no, yeah, Hill's ninetieth birthday, they gave him it, a big birthday cake. Yeah, I, I oh, thought everything, that was great.
0: everything, all those things coming together, uh, it was kind of like the perfect storm with those guys down there. Well, it was perfect. It yeah. was it was terrific, no doubt. Hey, uh, let's uh, turn our attention to uh, New England Patriots. Week two was it forty to nothing? Yeah, it was uh, down it was here ugly. At, at Hard Rock Stadium, and boy, we're John after the after the Ravens week one, after New England week two. Boy, we're sitting there scratching our head, going, "Who, man? This is going to be a long, long. I better long go get a, a
1: beard and a a, a mustache yeah. and some hair." Because, quite frankly, at that point, wear a disguise,
0: there was nothing you could look at and say, "Well, you know, oh, there, oh, there's a, there's a, there's a flicker of hope." No, you know, the flicker of hope didn't show up until until the fourth, quarter the the, the fourth quarter of the Washington Washington game. game. Yeah, when when Fitzpatrick stepped in, all of a sudden the whole thing changed. But boy, early on, so so. And New England's changed. They've had a lot of injuries along the way. In that once vaunted offense uh, of the New England Patriots, the defense is still just so. They're just, very they're good. good. Very, very They good. may
1: be the best in the league in terms of being able to keep a, yeah. a, an offense that hasn't been hitting on all cylinders relevant and yeah. in a game with one of the best to ever play the position. Yeah. Uh, I just think you know they, they're lacking that, that weapon on the outside yeah. that scares anybody, gets anybody off the line of scrimmage. So if they don't run it, and you've got Tom Brady who's going to just burn a couple of plays every every game because he's not going to take that shot. He's not going to take that unnecessary hit. You've got guys that are running around covered all game long. I mean, you've got Edelman, yeah. and then you've got to guess who
0: the next guy is. You've got, you got the running backs. That's it. I mean, really, from that, you know, they've become a more running football team. Uh, Sony Michelle's doing, doing well for him. White's been a been guy that's made some big plays for him. But uh, yeah, they've, they've got it. But that, that offense, and, and you can see the frustration. In Tom Brady over the last month or so, uh, with with that with that inability, that offense to to really be as productive as they've been for forever and ever.
1: Well, you know, it's they're playing a different style of offense. It's not like. They're putting drives together and and getting a lead on offense. They're kind of you know taking it in spurts. They get a couple of drives. They have to punt the football. Defense gets a three and out. They gain about 15 or 20 yards in field position. Now they only have to go 60 or 65 yards instead of 85 yards or or 80 yards in a drive. So they kind of beat you in increments And t- because Brady's not going to make those mistakes. If it's not there, he's either throwing it away or he's taking the sack. Yeah. They punt it away, let their defense play, and they start winning that field position position battle so that's I think one of the things you know the Dolphins if they can start as fast as they did last week yeah. you know they're playing a different breed of defense now yeah. talking about from Cincinnati to New England and going up on the road and a difficult yeah, place just, to play look,
0: it's going to be a tough it's always a tough place to play but and, and, that, that's the remedy I mean, yeah, if
1: you can yeah. actually you know get a score on the on the board and yeah. say, Hey, we are not gonna be a pushover, you know, that that would be that would be fun to watch for four. Yeah, and it's
0: gonna be interesting to see Brian Flores going back there for Yeah. His first time back there and uh been there for, was there for so long and knows so many people and you know, I, I gotta expect there's gonna be a lot of people that are gonna come up and, and just tell him, Hey, you You know, would have talked about the type of job that he's done back there because those coaches know what he's done down here. Well, a lot of the guys on the staff will feel the same way. You know, you
1: get Chad O'Shea going back, Josh Boyer. You get a lot of those guys going back, and uh, yeah. But for Coach Flores, I I think it will be. I, I think he wants to. You know, it's the last game of the regular season. It's the last game for the Dolphins this year. He doesn't want to ha- see what happened in the week two, yeah, happened no. in week, you know, seventeen. He wants to be able to go up and say, you know, this is a much improved football team. Yeah. We're a different football team than you pushed around at Hard Rock Stadium. Yeah. And and I think that's the way he's going to coach his final
0: week. Yeah, no doubt about it. So it's a it's going to be the way to close out the season, and, and then you start looking ahead towards towards next year. But uh, I know this the staff and these players are again just looking one one game ahead, but. You know, it's always hard, John, when you're you're when you when you don't have don't have anywhere to go and you know it's the last game of the year, no playoffs out there, but it's look, it's been it's what's happening with this dolphin team really over the last decade and a half, two decades. You had a couple of appearances in there, but but uh, you don't really need to move on. So um, I think it's a good opportunity for this young football team to go up up there in that environment, play against that football team and challenge themselves against again what, what's, what, what may have been over the last two decades. You know the the best franchise in in sports.
1: Well, there's no question. There, there's absolutely no question with Bill Belichick and Tom Brady and the cast of characters they've had on both sides of the yep. football. Uh, they've been the class of the NFL. You know, for the last 15, 18 years, ever since Tom Brady started playing quarterback, yep. and even a couple years before that with Drew Bledsoe, they were they were very good. So you've got you've got coach and quarterback and everybody else sprinkled in. Yep. It's uh, hey. Got to give tip your hat to them because they they've done it on a consistent basis for a lot of years.
0: That's right, John. You've been a busy guy. You're Ronnie Brown. If you remember Ronnie Brown, back that's right. The, back in the day, I don't know when when was that? Ninety four. I don't know when that. The when the Wildcat. I, I remember the season was Tony Tony soprano's first year. They start off zero two. They get hammered in, in Arizona, and then go up to New England, and all of a sudden you're going. They open up, throw that Wildcat out there, and 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 Bill Belichick and everything was like, what the hell is this? And everyone everyone in that stadium was, what the hell is this? And Ronnie Brown had uh, had a had a day to remember for the rest of his life. And you know, you had a chance to catch up with Ronnie and, and find out what uh, what he had to say about that.
1: And now joining me, Ronnie Brown, uh, the running back of the Miami Dolphins, famous for the Wildcat game up in New England. Ronnie, thanks for joining us. Number one, I know you're running around from Birmingham up up to Atlanta, Georgia. Thanks for taking the time here. With with us and, and talking about the Patriots game back in two thousand and eight, no problem, man. I appreciate you for having me. And I know that you know coming off a one in fifteen season, and it didn't start real well in two thousand eight. You guys were zero two. Do you remember what the team's confidence was? Do you remember where you guys were at at that point, going up to New England to face the Patriots?
3: Well, I mean, I think when you look at it, just our backs were against the wall. You um, start out zero and two, and you're coming off a one in fifteen season one I think thing as players and in the locker room is you don't want to get that mentality of, okay, here we go again. So um, as we're going up to new England, you know, we pretty much knew that was a game that we needed to win um, to ride the ship and to get, get things turned around. And if we could win that game, you know, that could be a process uh, of starting something good. So, um, you know, we went in with that mentality and let's just start with this week. And luckily, you know, enough, we were able to have a good week of practice and went up there and handled business.
1: Well, you guys handled business. And, and you know, you have to give a lot of credit to Coach Sperano and Coach David Lee, who who ran this type of offense. I believe he called it the wild hog uh, in Arkansas when he was there. But, you know, did you ever come up against this formation when you were in college at Auburn, or did you ever see this before you guys rolled it out that week?
3: No, I would never seen it besides just watching um, – You know, those guys at at Arkansas do it, you know, and they did a really good job. We talk about Peyton Hillis, uh, McFadden and Felix Jones. You know, I think they did a really good job. They were really successful running the football. Um, But, you know, that was pretty much the only way I had seen it uh, from those guys. And didn't even think about, you know, utilizing it in the NFL. But then when Coach Lee came in, you know, and he brought the idea up, you know, I thought it was pretty cool. And, you know, as we put it in, you know, we just felt like this was the opportunity for, you know, Ricky, myself, Patrick Hobbs, uh, Lusaka Polite, all of us to kind of get on the field at the same time at some point um, and Lex Hillier. So I, I think it was, you know, pretty good. And I think it was, you know, great of them to even trust us to be able to do that on that level. You can talk about the NFL.
1: Yeah, you're right because it never really had been done before, and it almost brought you back to the wing T, you know, that was run maybe way back when. But how did how was it decided that you were going to be the quarterback of this thing? Do you remember how that went down?
3: I don't. I think we were sitting in a meeting, and when he introduced, he's like, "I got this idea, you know, you guys. I don't know if you saw the wild hog at Arkansas, but um, you know, I have an idea with getting you guys on the field at the same time and taking some pressure off of." You know, just being able to sit back there and run the ball, let defenses stack the box. Um, and so when we did that, I pretty much was volunteering for, you know, like I love to do it. I never played quarterback at any level besides, you know, Pop Warner to where I had to, you know, I get a get the snap and then just take off running with a speed sweep. So um, to be able to do it, play quarterback at any level is always good. But then to be able to do it in the NFL, you know, I thought that was pretty cool
1: yeah that is that was pretty cool, and you ran it to perfection uh, on that day and do you remember going through practice how it worked in practice or how many plays you had to take out of the of the wildcat or or put in because I'm sure you went through some bumps in the road until you maybe you know rolled it out on Sunday,
3: yeah, so I mean talking about it working it didn't work in practice, you know, and I think it was intentional because they wanted to make sure that they put us in the toughest position to be able to run it. Um, in case we encounter anything, you know, from the defense, so they were trying to come up with all the scenarios that we may see, and so our defense was really on us. They was giving us a tough time about, you know, not running it because, you know, they felt like it was this little formation wasn't going to work. Not leadless to say that, you know, they just didn't realize that they had put us in positions to where it was kind of trying to make it intentionally not work. Um, so when we encountered in the game and. You know, it was a different situation. We were ready for pretty much however they uh, were able to defend it or try to defend it.
1: Well, it definitely got you guys ready because you ran it to perfection in that game. Do you remember when you you know you, you started the game with a traditional offense? You came out in in normal sets, but what was the first reaction or what was said? What, could you hear the defense going what What's going on? And did you hear the confusion or see the confusion when you guys lined up in the Wildcat for the first time?
3: Well, my initial thoughts was when we got in the huddle and the play was called one, I was like, don't mess this up. Cause I don't want to drop the snap and make it look bad. I don't yeah. want to be the one that messes it up. Um, and let's make it work so we could maybe do it again. I didn't think about the outcome being, you know, as good as it did. But then secondly, you know, as we got in the formation and I kind of heard, you know, Teddy Bruschi saying slide one way, the defensive line saying slide over another way because there was an unbalanced line, um, you know, I think we had an opportunity. So for me, it was like, let's just get the play started and see what type of success we can have, you know, if these guys aren't lined up, right? Um, you know, and luckily for us, you know, we were able to have a successful play. Um, I never thought or I didn't think it would work, you know, throughout the whole game. I figured, all right, going into halftime, they make adjustments and then, you know, just be something else. Like, you know, uh, when you look at, you know, teams who do no huddle or, you know, things like that. So I just figured that that may be the case. They make the adjustments. Everybody knows, you know, in New England, Bill Belichick, um, who's, you know, one of the greatest coaches to ever coach the game. Um, but to see how we continue to have success, you know, not only that game, but throughout that game, it was, you know, it was it was somewhat surprising, but it, it was exhilarating as well
1: yeah it must have been fun for you guys to go you know there's one of the greatest coaches to ever coach the game and he has no answers for this wildcat right now anything every time you guys ran it you you ran it really well and you ran it to. sick for success, and let's go through the four touchdowns, and I'm not going to forget the one touchdown pass, and I'm sure you remember that one, but let's let's go through the first one. It was a two-yard run on a direct snap. What do you remember about that play, just moving the line of scrimmage and just kind of ducking in be- behind that offensive line?
3: Yeah, so once we caught it, you know, at, at the goal line, you know, I always had an old-school coach who said the shortest distance to any destination is the straight line, so I figure you know, trying to get downhill as quick as possible, obviously having ricky to do the speed sweep that created a threat you know not only because of his abilities but then also just stretching the defense and having somebody have to count for him um you know was a big part of it but then once i kind of get it and go downhill you know i try to set to the left side to draw the linebacker over there and set the blocks up and you know was able to get into the end zone and i think i actually got tripped at the end of that play
1: Yeah, but you found a way into the end zone, and and that was a good thing for the Miami Dolphins in that offense in the Wildcat. The second one, you had a third and two from the 15. You go 15 yards for a touchdown, and that one, I remember, just split wide open, if I can remember correctly. Yeah,
3: so I think that was one they kind of tried to stop Ricky. They were thinking about the speed sweep, um, overextended themselves, and then the linebacker got held backside. And it was just a huge hole. And I was thinking, just get through this hole and get downhill. And, you know, the linemen did a great job of, you know, holding their blocks. And we were able to get a a touchdown out of that one as well. Yeah,
1: you get a touchdown right before halftime on a five-yard direct uh, snap to you with the run. Now, now we're getting midway through the third quarter. You throw a 19-yard pass to Anthony Fasano for six points. What do you remember about the play? What do you remember about the call? Did you ever run that play in practice? Yeah, so that was
3: our boot play, um, you know, and I think the, the thing about that was I just don't want to mess this throw up. Right. Um, and and knowing that I was left handed, we, we were able to catch a few people off guard um, because we're rolling back to the left. And Fasano's coming, you know, running across. And so, you know, as I make the fake and then I'm starting to roll out, I think there was a surprise on the defenses. Uh, and from me being, you know, being able to throw the ball. And so I just saw Fazano running over. Um, I feel like if I just lead him a little bit, then he'd run over, catch it, and then I didn't know it would be a touchdown. But luckily for us, it was.
1: Now, was he wide open on the play, or was that, a, was that a pretty good throw? I can't remember on the play. Do you remember? I
3: think he was pretty open. I don't know. But I just tried to lead him a little bit. I was like, just don't mess it up and make it to where he can catch the ball.
1: So you just dropped it in the bucket, right? I, I tried to. That was the goal. <laughs> and then on the la- lastly, you score on a sixty three yard run for the game's final score. That was the most explosive play out of the Wildcat. Uh take me take me through that run.
3: Uh, I think that one was kind of similar to that fifteen yard play. Um, you know, I think just getting them off balance. Um, I think as I approached the line, I kind of made a fake like I was going back door to kind of get the the defensive guys to hold their block to look back or to get the defensive guys to stay backside of their block. And the offensive line did a great job, of, you know, maintaining. It. And then as I was able to get through the hole, which was, you know, a pretty big hole again, you know, I was able to just get downhill. Ricky took an individual with the speed sweep. Um, and then after the second level, it's just pretty much now just don't get caught.
1: Right. Yeah. No one was going to catch Ronnie on that one. You go 63 yards for the game's final score. How important looking back on it, was that formation and that series of plays how did that lead to the team's success that year?
3: Well, I think it just was a confidence booster. One, because the team that we got a chance to do it against and have the success, you know, I think everyone holds to high regard, especially, you know, all that they've accomplished rightfully so, but at the same time, you know, it was this spark plug for us, you know, as a team and as an offense to go up there, go to New England. Uh, and get that win but then as we continue to go through the season the confidence you know not only in the formation but you know us as a group you know I think that started to build and we realized you know how we needed to play well together um, you know as a unit to be able to have success and you know I think a lot of people give credit to the Wildcat but I think it was just a group of guys uh, coaching staff everyone who believed in each other Um, they came together and got the most out of, you know, what we were doing at that time.
1: Now, I know it's a lot different, Ronnie, but do you ever sit back when you're watching NFL football now and you see all these Quarterbacks that have the running ability uh, of a running back, w- you know, you you kind of set Lamar aside because he has that elite speed, but he's also lumped into the you know the Russell Wilsons. But a lot of those guys that that have mobility, it's a kind of an offshoot of the wildcat a little bit because they're quarterbacks, not running backs. But it's the same premise with that zone read that they run in high school, that they run in college, that they run really everywhere now.
3: Yeah, and I think it's just the evolution of the game. I mean, I think there are a lot of guys who are capable of running. In the past, when you talk about quarterbacks, obviously Michael Vick being one of those guys who stands out. But even if you look at Randall Cunningham, you look at uh, Steve Young, who was able to be pretty mobile, um, getting outside of the pocket. You know, there were a lot of individuals. I think it just was seen from a distant, different perspective when, you know, I myself being a running back was able to get in that formation. And then you start to see some of these guys who were high school quarterbacks getting the opportunity who had switched positions. Um, to get a chance to get back there and play a little bit of quarterback and then have the capability of throwing the ball. Um, Because I was limited in that, you know, just being honest. But also just kind of looking at, you know, what people were looking at what they could do with that um, and how they could kind of build off of it, which was, I think was good. good. But, you know, now you see a lot of these guys, you pretty much have to be somewhat mobile uh, to be effective on this level because the defensive guys are so big and fast. Um, especially the defensive end position, Um, you have to have some kind of mobility to, be able to give yourself an opportunity to be successful at the position
1: yeah there's no doubt you, you need some type of mobility at least to be able to elude the first guy and give yourself time to throw the football but Ronnie thanks for for taking us uh, back to 2008 and that that memorable game against the New England Patriots when you had four touchdown runs a touchdown pass uh, really carried uh, the 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 load for the Miami Dolphins in terms of getting a victory and rolling out the Wildcat that day that was that was a special day for all Dolphin fans and thanks for providing us with such great memories
3: no problem man. i appreciate it i appreciate y'all and you know for y'all give me a chance to talk about it and you know it was just a day for me as well Um, glad i was able to do that and do it with the dolphins
1: well thanks ronnie appreciate it uh, and happy holidays and merry christmas to you and your family
3: thank you same to you and yours
1: you got it bud take care We want to wish all the Dolphin fans a a happy holidays and Merry Christmas and celebrating with your family. I know uh, Bo, I speak for Kim Bo Camper and and the rest of the Dolphins organization to wish everybody a happy holidays. Be safe, uh, enjoy it with your family, and we will see you and we will talk to you here on the Audible in the new year.